Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. This podcast is here to shake up the way you think about basically everything from health, beauty, entrepreneurship, and whether you're loving the newest trends. These ladies are here to prove that it's always better when salt and pepper come together. So here are your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. So by that time, I kind of knew like, okay, what are my like open-handed and close-handed issues in like somebody I would marry? And so when we started dating like pretty quickly, we had conversations about like all like the big like non-negotiables and those all uh, like lined up pretty quickly. So that was, I think, part of why um, we only had three months of dating is because I was like, okay, well, like none of the big things, uh, like none of the big red flags are there. So like, of course, we're going to like disagree about lots of small things, but I don't really care about those things. We can work through those. So like, let's just get married and then start working through those. Hi, Shakers. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. My name is Olivia. And I'm Lisa. And on today's episode, we have my wonderful husband. Oh, just that's kidding. disgusting. Don't we not like mushy, gushy people who pretend like their relationship is everything on social media? That's what I was trying. They literally did a scientific study about that. I always tell you that, that people that post a lot on social media about their significant others have bad relationships Oof. it's a higher percentage Oof. not to be controversial but i agree <laughs> to be controversial i totally agree <laughs> i can totally see that obviously not for everyone and we hope you all have great relationships but really start to make a mental note really start to look we're at the people around you we're just talking about well the fact that we are scientists and it's also all in the data. it's in history i'm gonna write that like, down for myself look look around you see the people around you and if you're like I just don't know I just don't know about that listen to your gut on that one if you're hanging out with someone and you're like hmm, this feels like a show it's probably a show they're they're yeah. here to entertain you it's probably true and they're a psychopath and also if Arturo ever called me baby I would punch him in the throat oh my gosh I would love it if Sal called me baby <clears throat> but instead he calls me babies that's cuter though because it's unique yeah it is unique that's why Baby, we like it that it's I've not tried to real get him it's to unreal call me any anything else arturo won't even call me live just kitty kitten yeah. kitten yeah let's get let's get down to the silver lining of the week me first yes is that your new thing <laughs> why is everything i do weaker than yours it's a better one your snap oh it's because i'm less sweaty than you <laughs> i don't i'm not just sitting here sweating <laughs> i sweat in the summer when you keep your house at 80 degrees yeah you're right about that just like any normal human being would okay you if if you're <laughs> about this you don't want to hear my roast you can t hear no if you're gonna say my roast you have to say it's factual if you say that i'm sweating in the you summer you're all right the time i you do sweat, sweat so much i do sweat, but i'm not sweating right now in the winter I, my house is hot you could your be house is warm though see 
Oh my gosh. They getting, keep their home defensive. at like 75 degrees. 73. Dude, one time I, I came kids. here and it was like 75. It was unbelievable. Feel my downstairs. It's so cold. Feel okay, the then let's room, record down so there. Cold. Let's record down there then. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm making it into a Keep studio. Keep it cold. <laughs> Keep it cold. Well, it was 59 degrees. You should have showed up earlier. I would have been like, I'm cold. So, uh, silver lining. Um, our dishwasher broke. So, I wash my dishes like a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, if I think silver lining... Do you? I wash my dishes. Really, really quick, we're gonna pause for one second. That could be my thing. We're gonna pause for one second. We're gonna take a quick pause here. Um, do you be, do you believe in your heart that saying peasant is the appropriate word to say in that moment? Peasant <laughs> is the appropriate. Like what? Like what do we mean by peasant? Like in the eighteen hundreds? Yes, I feel okay. like I'm living in the eighteen hundreds, showing up in my fifty nine degree home and having to do the dishes <laughs> in cold water that takes yeah. forever to heat up during the winter. I feel like a peasant. It's I forgot to bring give my, me rags. the world's smallest violin to play for you today. Is that an American thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know people do that. Okay, if I'm thinking silver lining. I washed my dishes like Cinderella. Okay. Is that a Is positive? That I mean, she was pretty much in like captivity. Well, I feel like I'm in captivity having to wash my dishes. There's a lot of people that don't use their dishwasher I, or don't have one. Who <laughs> don't? There's everyone has a dishwasher, but a lot of people choose not to. Use I actually know two people off the top of my head that don't use their dishwasher on purpose because it uses too much water. Even though I think the sink uses a lot of water. That's interesting. Um, okay it's very interesting environmentally yeah i think that's what they say or it's like they're only using one dish so like when are they gonna fill it up yeah. it's like Having they're single kids people definitely need the dishwasher like american need like not world world need so not like a need but like want maybe is the word you're looking for what not need you don't need it you just like want you want it so we have never had a dishwasher until we moved here. Right. And now that I have a dishwasher, I need one. You've tasted the sweet nectar. And also having it right next to me and knowing it could not be broken is very frustrating. Why is it broken? I don't know. My dad has to come and fix it because mm. Zav won't. He doesn't know how to. Great. So um, today's episode will be fun. Why? Because it's about Zav. <laughs> oh. What? Pretty sure we talk about that. Um, that I will, that I am in control of who I talk to, when I talk to them. And in this day and age, don't feel pressured to respond to text messages and emails right away. That if you want to take time to reflect or just not even respond at all. You don't have to. Because this is the only time in history that we are ever forced to respond to people quickly. And if you don't respond to them quickly, then you're a bad friend. Change. Why? Who's forcing you? No, no one's forcing me. It's more of like this idea of when your phone buzzes, you look at it. When you get an email, you read it. When someone texts you, you need to text them back. It's like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you didn't do that. You left a message on someone's voice, like answering machine. And then before that, if they weren't home, you weren't talking to them. So the fact that people just text 
and then expect a response or like you feel the pressure to respond. I'm like, no, I'm giving myself the grace whenever I want to get back to you, unless it's time sensitive and it's like a close friend or something. But if it's just like something random, like I'll get back to you when I want to. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You sound like you use crystals now. Why? And talk to the universe. Why? Mm, Just sounds like uh, one of those things when you started. When you started, it sounded very like... Oh, no. It's pretty much the opposite of that. It's kind of like, I have a life and I'm doing so many things. Who's pressuring you? I never feel pressure. Maybe I just don't I think I put... I think I just put pressure... Well, I think I just put pressure on myself in this like idea of if someone texts you, I want to be there. I want to respond. And then if I don't, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond to you. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I have so many other things that I'm worrying about. Yeah. If I don't text people back, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. They care. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it depends on the person, you know, mm-hmm. but I just think it's crazy that we've all become accustomed mm-hmm. to this immediate response thing. Mm-hmm. When that's like very new to our world. And it's actually not like normal for a human to like have those interactions. Yeah. Nothing. So. We're not used to like inner genetics. Instant. So many instantaneous things. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So silver lining is just like, honestly, if you're getting a ton of stuff, just take the time you need and if you're pressuring somebody, knock it off. Knock it off. That's what I say about that. Wrong. <laughs> just trying to implement <laughs> just words wherever you can. Just testing um, out the waters. So like Lisa mentioned um, on last week's episode, we had Arturo on and Lisa interviewed us. And on this week, I'm interviewing you guys and put Zav in the hot seat, you in the hot seat, and we talk about your guys' relationship, your marriage, your kids, all the things. Everything. Did you enjoy the episode or the interview? Yeah. Great. I was surprised how seriously Zav took it. Yeah, he did no take it seriously. I no idea what to expect. Yeah, I think it went great. So, um, like we said before, this was a suggestion by a person who listens to the show, and we hope you guys enjoy listening about how different our guys or our relationships are. So let's get into it with Zav. Um, welcome to the show, Zav. Again, we had you on very long, beginning, very beginning, when I a long time ago. Wow, um, that was fun. We had your episode was like higher downloaded too. I think people came over from the story and stuff, which mm-hmm. was fun. That's chill. So can't wait for you to talk about this episode on Sunday. <laughs> Hopefully you're going to shout us out. In the announcements, I'll, plug, we'll, I'll throw we'll a pay, plug in there. We'll pay for a sponsor Yeah, during I mean, the sermon. I'm not I'm not cheap these days, but you know, I can give you guys a discount, like a family discount rate. Okay, cool. <laughs> How weird would that be? He's just in a sermon. And he goes, and we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and then goes into an actual sponsored Thank ad. you for our sponsors at the Salt Pepper Podcast. Podcast. Wow, that would be good. I, I wouldn't. I feel like people wouldn't would be do good. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So when Lisa did this, it's just to talk about your guys' relationship. This came from Kelsey, who was like, you guys should have a podcast about oh, nice. your guys' relationship. Because obviously. So I can blame her. Right. Why are you so nervous right now? I'm so nervous. Because it's him. What about him? I'm a wild card. You are a wild card. Um, so y- your guys' relationship is so different than my relationship. With Arturo, obviously. Yeah, you've, you've dated Arturo longer than me. At least I've known each other. 
Yeah. Which maybe we can dig well, into that no, later because I'm just—it's so interesting. It's you can dynamic. listen. <laughs> you can listen to our future episode coming out. Okay, great. Um, but it is so fascinating to me because even prior to you guys getting married, like Arturo and I never dated anyone, and I think that's a huge factor into why we have been together for so long. Yeah, we didn't have like the period where we dated other people and then we knew what we wanted. So, f- how much older are you than Lisa? Six years. Six and a half years, I think. So. From an outside perspective, getting married at 21 and then getting engaged after three months, that's a wild thing to hear, not for Medford, but just in general, like for people that listen to podcasts for what it is. Because I think the national average for getting married is like 31 or something or 30. Mm. So, but for here in our little bubble, it just seems more normal. So I want to know, what is that thought process like getting married or getting engaged after three months from both of your perspectives? Of like, was there doubt? Probably maybe not as much as for you because you were older. But I can't imagine Lisa, just what being is like... wrong with you? No, no. It's just, it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just so different than what I know mm-hmm. to be my life. So I want to hear from your guys' perspective. Yeah. When we got married, I think I was 27. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, you were 27. Um, I was almost 22. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I had been in multiple like long-term relationships that were like a couple years each and it took a few years to know like this is not going to go like the full distance. Like there were certain red flags and certain things that I just wasn't going to settle on and that they were going to settle on that I didn't want to change. And so we just like knew like this is, isn't going to work. So by that time I kind of knew like, okay, what are my like open-handed and close-handed issues in like somebody I would marry And so when we started dating, like pretty quickly, we had conversations about like all like the big like non-negotiables and those all uh, like lined up pretty quickly. And so that was, I think, part of why um, we only had three months of dating is because I was like, okay, well, like none of the big things, uh, Mm -hmm. like none of the big red flags are there. So like, of course, we're going to like disagree about lots of small things, but I don't really care about those things. We can work through those. So Mm -hmm. like, let's just get married and then start working through those because you can work through the small things dating but you can work through the married too so I thought it'd be easier to work through the smaller things um when we're married so that's kind of from my perspective why uh like we went so quick on that yeah what were the non-negotiables um for me it was like I knew I was like called to ministry and church plant so mm-hmm. somebody who was like cool with moving wherever the Lord called us to church plant um and like also had a heart for ministry Obviously, somebody who, like, loved Jesus and was following Jesus. Um, Another one was, like, kids. Like, I wanted to have kids, so they um, had to be kind of down for that. Um, Those were kind of, like, the big main ones, you know, Mm -hmm. where in past relationships, there was, like, some of those things that didn't really line up. Yeah. So it was, like, Lisa kind of wanted all those things, and so it was, like, Okay, cool. Like, let's just go for it, I guess, you know? I guess. Let's go for it, I guess. I guess let's try this out. So then from your perspective, because you're younger, so what was that like for you? I was 20 when we met and started dating. I... What was going on? (laughs) So... You just stopped partying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... So I came out of the opposite of what Zav had. I didn't have, 
I had one official boyfriend um, and that was the only long-term relationship I had and it was nine months but I knew by around six months it's not what I wanted and that's why it, it ended the way it did because I was out of it before I ended it. And you broke up with him because it was a non-negotiable that he was shorter than you, right? The short he, remaining he wasn't, dude. He wasn't shorter than me. He was, <laughs> he was taller than me. And you should be happy. I don't have a thing for tall guys and didn't because you're not tall. Oh, my that's true. Shots <laughs> fired. Jeez. This is how our relationship goes. It's good. This and is you the dynamic the you were talking right about. Right? <laughs> um, uh, so I, I had... Well, this goes into my my story about my my faith. I hate to say faith journey, but my faith journey. And it's never been a steady road. It's always been up and down. So I had... <laughs> Baby, shut up. <laughs> the cat's sitting on my lap now meowing. Just the faintest he, meow. Describing the, faintest describing meow. the situation. When I met Zav, I had only been out of a, a, you can't even call it a relationship, whatever it was, um, for about a week. And it was a verbally abusive relationship where I, I mean, I was drinking all the time and um, smoking all the time. It was really destructive. And during this time, I stopped calling myself a Christian. I said I believed in God, but I'm not a Christian. I don't go to church. I don't do any of like the Christian things. I hadn't prayed in a really long time. And I was having a really hard time in my identity, what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian, I was super involved in my church before this time. And I had gotten burnt out and I related the two together that being a Christian and serving meant you're going to burn out and being a Christian is too hard. Mm -hmm. Like all the rules, all the things you have to do is too much for me. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do what's easy and the people who are the most accepting rather than people who are telling me what to do all the time. So when I met Zav, I had drastically come out of this season and I had given everything to the Lord, especially boys and um, my relationship with alcohol and drugs. So Zav met me fresh out of that. I almost felt like a new baby Christian, although I knew all the Christian things. <laughs> baby, <laughs> just sit down. <laughs> um, but he was willing and accepting to be with someone who wasn't entirely mature in their faith. And I think that's one of the major reasons why he was fine with being with me because it was going to be a journey. I was super young. I was actually in Bible college during this time and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I spring thought before I, spring. Woo. <laughs> woo. Um, I just thought it was funny because I was like, like a quote unquote good Christian going into Bible college. And mm -hmm. then I went off the rails I had no idea what I was doing or what I wanted in my life. I was just going to school because it made my parents happy. And all of the dreams and ambitions I wanted had nothing to do with school. So I kind of felt like I was stuck in this cycle. And meeting Zav, I felt like I saw my first example of a real believer. Someone who didn't get drunk, but... Um, 
still drank and did it in a really wise way that had heart and intention behind it rather than I'm just going to do like what my heart thinks like there's like theology behind everything that he did and um, he has tattoos and piercings it's just a ton of things I had never seen being a Christian done well and respectfully if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. a ton of things that seem countercultural in the Christian community and so for me dating Zav and the potential of marrying him I I felt like I had in like my own life an example of like who Christ was and so um I felt like I could trust him with anything because everything seemed super aligned and it's so stupid because when we took our premarital test I had the highest infatuation level that they had ever seen wait what's it called yeah it like basically it's like an infatuation it measures like uh, how realistic are like your expectations of marriage and the like, how infatuated you are. <laughs> like I was like way high and it's idealistic distortion. Like you distort your relationship <laughs> in like an overly positive way. Like you don't see oh. the potential problems and stuff. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> and when we took it a few years later, right before having kids, it was still super high. Mm. And I, I kept having issues with it. Cause I'm like, honestly, he's not, everything I ever dreamed of necessarily. It's not like, oh Lord, you've checked up off every box as far as his looks. Barks? Mm-hmm. Box as far as, no, far bar- as his barks. No, you barks. checked barks, off the yeah. barks. Yeah, you checked, that's you, right. You barked and it was hot. Um, Pulling that for bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as a believer and everything that I told the Lord, it's really stupid things. I won't even admit to like what I prayed for the Lord for my husband, but it was everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's things that I will still hold on to to this day. So I think that because I wasn't like, oh my gosh, you look exactly like what I thought my husband was going to look like or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was the fact that his heart was exactly what I thought it was going to be, that I thought he is faithfully grounded Mm -hmm. in a way that I could always look up to him and grow from being with him. If anything, I'm going to pull him down and ruin him. Um, So if he wants to take that risk, we got to go quick. So that was that was my thinking. Mm -hmm. So then what was the pull to getting married so fast? Was it, I'm just going to ask, was it to have sex because you guys wanted to stay pure? Because from my perspective is like, so you guys knew you wanted to get married. That's awesome. But what was it to be like, let's just actually do this right now. Let's not wait any longer. For me, it was like, obviously, yeah, as a Christian, like you are trying to abstain from sex. Yeah. Um, But for me, it wasn't so much that like, let's hurry up so we can have sex. It was more so just the long distance factor. Because right. I was living in Eugene, she was living in Portland, and so I was only getting to see her like one, maybe two days a week, mm. and like honestly, just FaceTime got so like sucky. Boring. It's like totally. There's only so much like you can learn about a person over FaceTime when you're not actually like hanging out and like getting to interact. And so for me, that was it. It just also got like exhausting every single weekend. Like, okay, I'm gonna drive to Portland again, and then I would drive back for a week of work, and then I'd be tired because like we were like hanging out for an entire day totally. or two days. And so it was more so that for me. Um, 
it was like that there was none of the big red flags and it was just like I don't want to drive you know three hours round trip or four hours round trip every single weekend see you for a day and then not see you for six days totally so that was for me kind of part of the just like hey like this sucks having to say goodbye every single week and then not see you for a week so like let's just speed the process up basically that makes sense yeah I think we just knew Mm -hmm. I I yeah like you check off every box we could wait but I didn't have anything going on in my life that was keeping me in Portland or I wasn't even allowed to move out so even like moving to Eugene on my own wasn't an option before that so yeah with that being said none of this is prescriptive it's all oh, same for ours. Yeah. 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 Same um, for ours. Totally. Like we, it's not anything we suggest to couples. And luckily we have a lot of people in our lives who influence like every decision uh, that we were making or uh, kept us accountable as far as everything we were doing and was speaking into our relationship constantly. So he was working for the church Um, my family being very faith-based had plenty of opinions right and wrong and we once we were dating everyone was on our side and was trying to help us and we did premarital that's one of the biggest if not the biggest thing we suggest to couples Mm -hmm. before getting married we had a lot of people speaking into our lives and knew everything we were doing and so yeah, we wanted to have sex, but that's something <laughs> like we could have like waited for to yeah. do. I I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, like one sense. one thing that I don't know who said it or like where I learned it, but someone once said like in dating like go very slow, like take as long as you need to like figure out if that's the person that you want to be with, but once you know, then go as fast as you can. Mm. Like and I kind of I kind of was just like, yeah, like I want to like figure out like is this the person I want to spend my whole life with but like once you know that the question is really like what like why would you wait to marry that person and um my older brother got um married before me and my uncle who was a pastor one time asked him like hey like why haven't you proposed yet and he was like oh like I'm just like not financially in the spot that I want to be in and this always stuck with me my uncle told him well then like money is like an idol for you Hmm. like if the only reason you're not marrying somebody is because of money or like you know why is it you're waiting to marry that person if it's like anything like that he's like then like that you are like idolizing that rather than trusting that I believe I'm supposed to be with this person and marry them but like the circumstances like could never change so like you may never marry that person what if you don't make more money you know like right. you have to trust that God's gonna do that totally. so like his story too that stuck with me of like well I know she is the, like the person I want to be with is there like better circumstances in the future that like the marriage could be set up in a better way yeah possibly but like I don't want to just like wait for those things I want to trust that like God's gonna make those happen you know mm-hmm. totally yeah. yeah that makes sense so then how do you feel like the I guess maybe infatuation or butterflies because you said you tested really high on that and still did after having kids but how did that change like was there kind of a moment when you guys did settle in and you that kind of went away took a long time yeah because I guess a lot of it you guys got married so you were still getting to know each other too so a lot of that probably was still there but I know that when once you had kids maybe it changed a little bit or how was that when we had kids yeah I think before that we told 
I mean, we didn't tell people, but we were like, dang, we have a perfect marriage. Yeah. <laughs> like communication yeah, like- and everything. We were on the same page always. We're always on each other's teams. I mean, we had like little tiffs, but no fights. Mm. Yeah. Like all of obviously every relationship's different like some people i've heard like the first year is like super hell you know that's what everyone's everyone's just like buckle up i'm like yeah like, should that we, be the best year yeah we didn't, so. we didn't like ha- we didn't have that we had like obviously you argue about like just stupid Dumb small things. things but that's what i was saying it's like it's the small disagreements yeah those are going to be part of every marriage where you're disagreeing about these things and it becomes a little like argument or whatever um but yeah like up leading up to having kids like i felt like our relationship was um like good and in a healthy place and yeah kids definitely like is a whole new world because then you're not just like you too mm-hmm. like you have another human who gets your time and attention and affection and that is like taking away from the time you would normally have with your spouse and so that was for sure like the first time where it was like in our marriage like okay like how do we do this and how do we like make this work you, you know mm-hmm. marriage looks so different after having kids because you don't know how to help each other in the same way anymore mm. I think that when we were married and it was just the two of us, I knew you're, you love physical touch. That's one of your love languages. Mm-hmm. I knew how to give you physical touch. It was easy to give you physical touch. And um, as far as sharing your feelings, you, you need them to be pulled out of you. Mm-hmm. So if something's happening in your day, I can tell and I'm, I'm there and I'm getting it out of you, however it is. But once we had kids... There is this point where we were not communicating anymore and, you know, we couldn't have physical touch um, as far as like sexually. Mm -hmm. And so that's really hard to add on top of that. Like we were good about that while we were married before kids, like even if we had to schedule it, like Mm -hmm. we knew the importance of it. So once you have kids and you don't have a normal schedule and a normal routine anymore and it's not just the two of you being in tune with each other, you're in tune with the child as well. It took a really long time for us to know how to help each other again. And that took a long time, I think. Yeah. And it was part of that was like you were breastfeeding. So you had like a kid on you all the time. And so you were like, I just need my space. I don't want like another person like touching me. Like Mm -hmm. I've had a baby touching me all day. And so I just need like alone time and Mm -hmm. space, you know? So like trying to figure that out was like, how do we do this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Zav has a really large capacity. So he was able to take a lot on, but I had a hard time with saying what I needed and letting him help me in certain ways and then um i think another thing was um hi shakers have you been really wanting to talk about this podcast and you don't know anyone else who listens honestly shame on everyone around you but you're in luck because if you join our super secret facebook group you'll actually get to talk to other shakers and talk about like-minded things like chuginess and hotter knots. That's also where you can maybe chat with us personally or get advice from other people. Um, Also, don't forget to share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it or take a screenshot and share it on your story. It really helps us. Now, let's get back to it. 
another thing is like oh, you're just well, tired my, then too like at the my end post, of the day it's well like you're yeah so my, my postpartum depression i would have just an awful day and he would be nervous like coming home like dread coming home because i had a hard day which yeah. is understandable but he was also trying to understand where i was at yeah and so it was really hard that disconnect because i didn't know how to share all of that and then I went on medication and we're like, whoa, we love having kids. Let's have more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It got better after that. That's what I wanted to ask. I mean, a very common theme, obviously, in the podcast is postpartum. And I mean, you were pregnant when you came on and then going on medication. And that's like a really taboo thing, especially in the Christian community. But the one story that always sticks out to me because you always say it is like you would be at home and then you would come home and you would just be standing there just like staring and then Zav would be like, you need to go take a walk. You need to go do something. Mm-hmm. And for me, I see you get deep on stage because you're a pastor. I see all these things, but I don't see that side of you because that is a very like, that's like a personal, like a relationship thing. So for mm-hmm. you coming home, so you have this like really beautiful marriage. You have kids. She's going through postpartum, doesn't even know if she wants to be there anymore. What is that like for you to come home to that? And how did you keep that demeanor to be like, I just need to take over and I need to support her? How did you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really hard and I don't even think I did it the best because I am like happy-go-lucky, super optimistic, you know. So like when she was going through postpartum depression, I didn't even know like what that was or that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And so like she said, like there was a lot of days where – like coming home, I was like, dude, I would rather just like stay at work because going home is going to be like super hard because she's like super depressed. And I, I know nothing like I do or say is going to like make her come out of that. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, this is just going to be like super hard, you know? And some days it was like in the morning, even when she was like feeling that way, it was like, oh my gosh, like it's weird as that to say, like, I can't wait to like go to work because like it's way harder being at the house than being there. So, um, yeah, I definitely like work became like an escape and a safe place. Whereas like before kids and stuff like home was like the safe place for me. So like there was this transition which wasn't healthy, you know? And so all I, all I knew like how to do was like, okay, how can I like take, uh, you know, bear away so that you can like have some personal space. Cause like, that's mm-hmm. what she needed is just like personal space. And that's when I would tell her like, go on a walk or go hang out with someone or just like sit in the room and do your own thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't actually know how to, like be around her when she was in that uh, like time of going through postpartum depression. I had like no idea what I was doing. And I don't think like, I think if it wasn't for like her going on medication, like our marriage would be in a lot worse of a spot, you know, yeah. the medication definitely like helped balance out her hormones and stuff like that and brought her back to like a kind of more centered place, you know? So I was yeah. super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And were you immediately supportive of her going on medication? Cause I know a lot of Christian husbands are not okay with that. Um, yeah, I had some like reservations for sure, but at the end of the day I was like, let's try it and see how it goes you know yeah like i'll freaking try i'll try anything you know (laughs) but i was like let's try it and like see how you're doing Mm -hmm. and like i mean it doesn't work for everybody but like i saw it instantly like for her like it was working and bringing her into a way better like state of mind and all of that and so i was like dude like this is awesome you know (laughs) isn't it amazing what medication does i mean even with arturo getting on medication like supplying what he'd been missing for so long i'm like 
what the not that he was even as bad as like where you got and i was still like wow that's crazy just Mm. different just different but different needs yeah but i think it's really cool that like you were a safe spot for her. I mean, we were just talking about this, like husbands or partners needing to be a safe place for people mm-hmm. and being like, I need to go on medication, whether other people are going to judge the situation or not, because mm-hmm. then it ultimately helped you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from the start, we just like jumped to kids, but from the start, what... This is your moment to shine, by the way. What <laughs> what things did Lisa possess other than like the, you know. Other than p- being super hot. Well, other than being just Thank you. super hot. But I mean, being a Christian <laughs> and having death. those same, same moral and ethical beliefs. What about her? Because I know you guys met at a wedding, right? And you mm-hmm. went up to her. And it, so it's like something about her drew you to her. So what were those first interactions? Like, what was that for you? <laughs> no, uh, the first, like the first interactions were like actually raised more concerns for me because I knew she was like just coming out of a season of partying, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would say after our first like couple of dates or whatever, I was uh, a lot more hesitant, you know, and just like, uh, kind of just like, man, like this might take more time than I thought, you know, but like the main quality, I guess I would say that like kept me, um, like pushing forward in the relationship and that like I was really attracted to was just like uh, her teachability and like mm. desire to grow, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, like I, I basically knew like this is going to be like a great like testing ground for who she actually is, you know, like does she want support? Does she want help? Does she actually want to change? Does she want to grow? And that became like something exciting for me because like, as a pastor, like that's what I do all the time is I get to try and like help people grow and like uh-huh. see like how they can come out of a season where like they're just making some bad decisions and like see how amazing it is to actually like walk with Christ. And so um, I, I, I saw that as like a cool opportunity in our relationship to be like, this will be cool to like help lead you spiritually in a way and to like see you grow. That became something that was like exciting to me, you know, not that I was like dating this perfect person who had it all together, right. but dating some somebody who like was really trying to pursue Jesus, but like maybe didn't have like the right people around her. And it was cool for me to like, like step in and like see her wanting to grow and seeing like her teachability and stuff like that. Like one funny story was like, I think it was the first time she came to the college group I was leading. She was wearing a shirt that definitely made me uncomfortable with like how low it was and like some of her cleavage lines showing, you know, Oh yeah. And I definitely felt uncomfortable. It's like my brand new girlfriend showing, up to the college group I lead for the first time and I was like yo like I was not like cool with that at all oh my gosh and I've I was never like, seen you wear anything like that I was like, I was like this is actually like I was like this is like gonna be great like for me this is gonna be a kind of make or break moment like how is she gonna respond to this and I remember like pulling her aside and being like hey like you need to like throw a sweater on or something <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I, said, but I was like cover I was up. like that's totally like like I just feel really awkward like you know, that you're my girlfriend and like dudes here are going to be able to kind of see your cleavage line, you know? And I think it was like kind of hard for her. And, uh, because at that time, like she didn't see like why that was bad. And like in the right. world that's like normal, you know? Um, but like seeing her willingness to like take feedback like that and something that was important to me, which was like modesty. Although in that moment it hadn't been important right then, but like seeing that like she was willing to grow in that because it was important to me was like huge. Mm-hmm. And there was like lots of like small things like that where it's like, I like shared something with her, you know, 
Um, like that one time I found a bottle of like vodka in your trunk when we were on a date. <laughs> like she yeah. told me she wasn't partying anymore. And I had no and, idea it was there. And like, yeah, like I found this bottle of vodka in her trunk and I was like, oh, frick. Like I've, she's like totally, she's, like, she's totally having like a double he life. He didn't and, even say anything. And we had a date right after. And yeah. I'm like having fun. He's being awkward. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, is there anything you want to tell me? And she's like, so caught off guard. She's oh, like, when people say no. that, you're like, I, I have a lot of things. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah and then yeah and then she told me like oh my gosh because like it was under like this blanket in her trunk and she was like that was like a year ago or whatever probably just a so much stuff in her trunk she's like i didn't even know that was in there and honestly like i didn't i i didn't fully believe her like trust mm-hmm. hadn't been fully established yeah i kind of still was like dang like I don't know. Like I'm going to try and trust and believe her. And like, I guess only time will tell, but Mm -hmm. I definitely had like some concerns about that, you know, and was like, a month later we were engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Not actually. It was more than that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like that was, I guess to answer your question, the main thing that like Mm -hmm. I saw in her was like her willingness to like grow her desire to like grow in her relationship with Christ. Um, and like, that I got to be a part of that process was like something that was really cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when I didn't know you guys, when you started the story, but I can imagine how challenging it is to go from, cause how long were you guys married before you planted? Three. No, I think a year and a half, maybe two years. Okay. Probably like a year and a half or two in Eugene. Mm -hmm. So what was that like coming here and pretty much having all of your time go to, the church and now I mean it still does now because it is a business and Mm. obviously you're balancing a wife and now two kids so for you going to the church all the time was that a really hard adjustment for you to be like how can I balance these make sure they know they're important but I'm also planting a church and it takes all of my attention Mm -hmm. yeah the the main like hard part with it more so in the beginning before I had staff was like when work stuff had to be done at home because at the end of the day like my work at the church is the same as any other job it's like I go in at nine and I'm gonna be home at this time you know sometimes meetings go late or whatever but that happens anywhere but um in the in the beginning years it was like I would get home after a full day of work and there was still so much to do because I was the only person on staff and we're building Mm -hmm. the church from the ground up and it was like I would have to be doing stuff at home and so like our time we would normally have together it was like, dude, like I have to schedule volunteers or I have to like reserve the community center to rent out or like I have to figure out like a budget, you know, those mm-hmm. types of things. So that definitely um, was difficult in the first like year to two of the church plant where I was just kind of having to do everything. Um, and I think had at some level like a toll on our relationship because we didn't get to have the amount of quality time that we normally did when I was working for another church in Eugene and Mm -hmm. you know I wasn't the person in charge so at the end of the day if stuff fell through it's not on me but then when I was planting it's like at the end of the day if it doesn't get done like that's on me so I just got to do it you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah what was it like for you on the end of that you were working around 60 plus hours a week at that time so that was pretty hard. I only had a part-time job and I tried to help with all of the church planting stuff that I could, which wasn't a lot because it was just trying to get things off of the ground. So I did what I could as far as um, volunteers and helping staff when they started coming on, get situated. 
Um, and then I got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like she was a lot a more involved months. before we had Bear. Yeah, just a couple of months after we um, started the church, I got pregnant. And so it was only around the year mark of um, when the church started that we had Bear. Mm-hmm. So we hadn't we hadn't been there that long. There was only so much I could do around that time. Mm-hmm. And that's around when I met you. Yeah, I think you were third trimester mm-hmm. with Bear. I was like almost due. You were, I, I think that. the day we hung out, you said it was the day of your third trimester, I think, Dang. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, wow, which is great crazy. memory. So yeah, I was I still everything. an esthetician at that time. Mm-hmm. Remember that license I have? Yes, yes. I remember yeah, we were eating at Shoji's yeah. and you were eating so much and you just kept going, this is so good. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> really? all I remember. Yeah, because you were pregnant. So you were just so hungry. So funny. You know, your little snacks you're feeding when two you're humans. pregnant. Yes. Yeah, two for one deal. Yes. Gosh, Shoji's. <clears throat> I'm getting hungry now that you say that. Shoji's is so good. We live like right by Shoji's now and we haven't even had it since we've lived I in know. this house. Can we go tonight? Oh, we have chicken pot pie my mom made and that's really that. good. <laughs> It's time to this is give a little. argument right here. Yeah, See, this these is are the, the big argument. On. She wants shoji's. I want pot pie. How what about she here? can get shoji's? You can have pot pie. Okay. Whoa, that's great advice right there. Thank you so much. I'll yeah, we don't necessarily myself. have to have the same things. You don't. I always tell Arturo that. I'm like, we don't have to have the same things, Arturo. <laughs> um, so communication, I think, is a big thing, obviously, in any relationship. But I know that Lisa is a share of your, obviously, your emotions and mental health, and you're passionate about that. And I know that even you said at the beginning, maybe you're not as much of like a natural share. I'm like an internal processor. Yes. Yeah. So how is that for you guys in your relationship and maybe what advice for people that are in the same boat of like, how do you bridge that gap of not overextending you, but also she needs to know what you're going through. So how do you guys do that? Yeah. I'd say that that right now is the most complex part of our relationship and probably where the most, um, tension and conflict comes from mm-hmm. is the fact of the different ways that we uh, process things, me internally and her externally. Um, but as we've been like learning it and we're still like not the best at it, what I've learned over the time is when she is able to like help draw it out of me and like ask good questions and help me open up mm-hmm. and process those things with her. Um, I actually feel a lot better and I actually process it in like a much deeper level. So like my natural thing is just like, I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to be good to go. And, uh, at the end of the day, I always realize I do feel better when I share that with her. And even though I know that I still have a hard time doing it. So, mm-hmm. um, where does that come from? Is it cause you came from a really big family and you, there was no space to do that or is it just inherently you think? Yeah, I don't know. Probably a, a mixture of both, you know. Um, I think that it, a part of it is even just I'm communicating all day. Like my my day is kind of like meeting with people, communicating, talking, right. stuff like that. And so we've kind of learned this. It's like when I get home, like I don't want to share a bunch because I've like shared all day. And so like I'm sure. exhausted. Whereas with her, she's kind of been with the boys all day or by herself. And so like she wants to communicate and share. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of a part of the dynamic is like when I get home, she wants to talk a lot. And when I get home, I've talked a lot and like don't want to talk a lot, which like isn't healthy because I should like talk with my wife, you know, but yeah, that's kind of what we've realized. And so, um, yeah, like I was in counseling for a few months trying to like figure all that out and work through it. And uh, some of that stuff has definitely helped. But I think we still have like definitely a long ways to go. Wouldn't you agree? We? 
Just kidding. <laughs> we. <laughs> More so me. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, what I've learned, one of the biggest things I learned about Zav <clears throat> is... Um, I was about to say something about BTS, but I'm going to save it for in a few minutes. Thank you. Uh, what I learned about Zav is that he is an extrovert, but when he comes home, it's not that he turns into an introvert. It's just that he's been an extrovert all day long and he gives everything that he has because he wants to, like that's just his human nature. Mm-hmm. But then he comes home and he doesn't reserve a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So what we had to learn is... Um, the prioritizing of his energy and uh, that's what we're still trying to dial in Um, because when he gets home he'll still give a lot of energy to the boys first Mm -hmm. and then whatever is left he'll leave it last like once the boys are in bed and then it's like me but there's nothing there it's like that's when he needs to be replenished at that point it's not that he can give anything more Mm -hmm. so we've been trying to learn um how can he first put put me first and then the boys and then work Mm -hmm. even though the order of how that happens in the day is different um, because he goes to work first and you know goes or wants to see the boys like right away how can he um, maybe change those things a little bit so that I'm not getting the end of it all (laughs) um and it's funny because um, there's this guy on BTS. His name's J-Hope. And he was, he's like Olivia's known. rolling her eyes. Um, Every day. If anyone's familiar with BTS, he's known as being like the most exuberant, the most like funny, go lucky guy, like all over the place, like the most energy. And that's wh- how anyone would describe Zav. They're like, Zav is crazy. How could you marry Zav? Mm-hmm. But the Zav I know is not the Zav other people know. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. so different. And I was talking to our friend Storm about this. He was like, it's crazy how different he is when it's just like you and him. Not like mm-hmm. just me and him, but like Storm and him or yeah. a friend in him. Because if you start to have a deep conversation with Zav, he's willing to have it. Right. He's just not going to be the one to promote it or yeah, just Yeah, I just don't it. initiate that. And so what I was what I was meaning or about J-Hope, he said when he's at home, his um, parents would worry about him because he just keeps to himself and he doesn't talk. Mm. And um, so it's like this joke that he has. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Zav. Like Zav is known as he wants to talk to everyone about everything. But it's all very surfacey where I'm more deep with just a couple people. And so what we've been learning, not just in our relationship, but in friendships, like how does he give that on his own accord rather than other people having to get it out of him? Mm -hmm. So he's been learning that on his own, but he's grown significantly, not just counseling. I think counseling made him aware, Um, but we've been just, I don't know, learning as far as like what the best things to do are and what's helpful. It changes day to day, but I try to remember or try to remind him how to pursue me and um, like have a story for me at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. what happened at work. So like whenever I ask him, how was work? I'll be like, so this is where you like tell me things that happened during your work day <laughs> mm-hmm. rather than go, good. Yeah, good. 
It was good. It's That's like asking it. a kid if, what he did at school or yeah. at how school yeah. was. It's fine. <laughs> and so, um, and I would say like the, the biggest time this started happening is when we had kids mm. because I couldn't take it out of him and I don't have the capacity to do that anymore. I go through seasons. I'm in a season now where I have more of that available, but he had to learn for himself. I had to tell him, I'm like, Zav, you need to learn how to give it to me freely rather than me coaxing you because I want to keep having conversations with you. I want to have a relationship with you, mm-hmm. not just like hang out at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know by subscribing to our podcast, you will get immediate access to our episodes every Tuesday? It'll give you a notification so you don't even have to think about it. You can turn on these notifications on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. While you are at it, rating and reviewing the show takes less than a few seconds. It bumps us up on iTunes and gives us a shot to grow our community. It means the world and we read every single review. If you're listening to the show and you love hearing our voices every single week, we would love to hear what you think. Whether it's your favorite episode, what you want to hear from us or maybe some stuff we need to work on we are super open to it and we would just love to hear what you guys have to say and while you're at it dm us hang out with us on instagram and join our secret facebook group the salt and pepper podcast insiders we love to talk to you guys we love to hear your thoughts and honestly we love to see it when you share our episodes thanks so much and let's get back to the show that's crazy that the person i am most like in bts is j-hope maybe you can start calling me zave hope he was thinking mm. about the whole time. You were thinking that the <laughs> whole time. Is that what time. you were thinking rather rather than listening to the conversation? You were <laughs> thinking like, of a response? That's what I do. It, that's actually a type three thing. You're yeah. a type three on the Enneagram. And that's actually like something that I've told him. I'm like, you need to listen to the conversation rather than think of your response. Yeah, exactly. He does not do a good job at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when someone's talking, I'm... I'm he knows what he's going to say. And he I'm goes already, like this. I'm already thinking about like, uh-huh. how am uh-huh. I going to respond rather than being like fully present just to mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. and having it be okay that I don't like have a response right away or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's a constant practice because we, that's hard with a podcast, especially like at the beginning when we first started interviewing people, it's so hard to listen to them and not be like, what am I going to say yeah. next? I need yeah. to have a plan. Yeah. It's taken, I mean, it took a, a, long time. a year and a half to get to a spot where I'm like, all right, it's chill. We'll figure something out. You know, maybe I need to start podcasting to help me work <clears throat> maybe, on that. Maybe you should. You know? Yeah. Yeah. To learn how to listen. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we talk about this often, but like you guys are going to change and it's going to ebb and flow. The longer you guys are together, the older the boys get. When the boys go to school, you guys will be able to communicate more, do more things. Like it's just life, you know? Well, and I've changed dramatically since we got married because it was like almost seven years ago and I was 20 when we met. And so I've changed the most. I mean, he's had to deal with so much from me, like growing up, I was a child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was our tour night too. We were 19. Yeah. Like, we're completely different people. It's so weird. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's wild. But, I mean, that's that's how you learn to be with someone in marriage. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, sorry, I changed like <laughs> Yeah. I love and, and he takes me like for who I am now, like so many things even in like things I believe in my faith or like th- things that I'm like trying to understand as far as my faith. He's like yeah and if you think differently from me like that's fine mm-hmm. that's okay so th- I yeah. think that's like one of his biggest um positive attributes is um he accepts anyone no matter what for who they are and mm-hmm. like loves them 
mm-hmm. as who that is. That's like cool. if I want to do something, he's like, yeah, do it. Uh-huh. You should do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you said, do you want to go to well, learn learn South Korean or something? You want to like, learn, learn, learn South, South Korean. South, South yes. specifically South, South Korean and not South North Korean. Korean. Not North yeah. Do not want to learn North Korean. <laughs> yeah, preferably not. Yeah, he's like, you should. That would be mm-hmm. so good. I'm like, nothing yeah. surprises you. Yeah. Everything is. Arturo does that too, but I think that that's a really common attribute between you guys because we talk about Mm -hmm. this where it's like I could just be like hey I'm gonna go to Oklahoma for a week in March like I'm telling you out of respect but I know you're not gonna care like I don't need to ask you know what I mean in like a respectful way yeah but it's like a lot of couples don't have that a lot of couples don't feel the freedom in doing those things or saying whatever they're thinking at all times I told you in five minutes I got to go. I'm going to go get a pedicure and a massage and I'm going to be gone at midnight. You'd be like, oh, OK. I mean, you could have told me earlier, but yeah, yeah I'd be do like, it. oh, that's so sick. Like, that's good. Chill. Whereas mm-hmm. I couldn't do that with you. I couldn't be like, hey, like I told the guys I'm going to go one week. Like, <laughs> no, you could not do that with me. You could not do that with me. No, this is a one way street for sure. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Because I need that communication. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> so. For Arturo and I, we pretty much do everything together work-wise. And then we just have like, you know, the weird, you went on a road trip with us. We just talk about work the yep. whole time and things like that. But for you guys, like, what are your common interests? Like, what do you guys like to do together other than playing games? And I don't, I don't like to you don't be a part of that. I don't condone the behavior of you guys <laughs> playing games. I'm totally scared. Um, but like, what else do you guys like to do together? Like fun things, like what gets you guys excited and you know things like that what do you want to do yeah i mean i think our main common interest a lot of our time we enjoy together now is just like with the boys and when the boys are in bed we'll like sleeping we'll be like oh my gosh like i can't believe mav did that (laughs) like it's kind of funny but like they become like the center of your universe sort of Mm -hmm. you know so um yeah like people people cannot like love your kids as much as you can and so that becomes like something that actually like can bring you closer together like how much time you're enjoying with them you know yeah um aside from that like we love wine and so we love going to wineries although we don't get to go <laughs> as I much know. as we do now like we were gonna go the other night but then we were just too tired and we're like oh shoot so um, stay home. yeah so it's just like little things that like uh you know when, when we get to do on occasion that we enjoy together and once you have kids like your expectations for how much like fun stuff you're going to do just together definitely goes down, you know, but if we get a night to go on like a date at a winery or something or go out to dinner, like the other night we went to a show at the Criterion and we got to go to dinner first. So we went to pie and vine. And so, yeah, that was like super good. We both love food and like good cocktails and wine. So those are things that like our, our bonding things, we would travel a lot and you know, things that we don't really do anymore. Um, so whenever we do get to do it, it's really sweet. We're really independent. If someone saw our evenings, I think it's like a normal married couple. Like he'll be playing with the boys and I'm just like knitting in the corner or like watching a TV show or I'm in bed, like just doing my own thing. And he's like hanging out. That's true. Um, we love having the same TV show to watch together and talking about it. Um, and what else? I mean, just like traveling when we do get to like probably once or twice a year, we'll do a vacation together. And like, I always like look forward to that. Like we're going to Portland to the Bieber show in two months. And so, yeah, uh, like we got coverage for the boys. So we'll get to have like a few days in Portland together nice. and yeah, stuff like that. You know? Love getting coffee. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know traveling Lisa. I know stay at home Lisa. 
<laughs> you saw me in San Francisco, but I was pregnant, so that. Yeah, you couldn't count. really walk um, yeah. <laughs> during that period you of were time. In a wheelchair, I but I forgot waddling. you guys went to like Iceland and stuff because I didn't know either of you then. So, so to know you guys like did I don't think did you like that trip? Um, I did it because Zav loved it. Uh-huh. I think we have a lot of give and take in our marriage. Um, I don't care for traveling, but I knew how important it was for Zav. And I was like, well, I mean, let's do as much of it before we're married. So I would pretty much work for all of it to go towards traveling, mm-hmm. like all of our money. That's cool. I didn't have a full time job, so it's not like we're spending crazy amounts of money. But um, we were really frugal in our daily lives. And then we would travel. Mm-hmm. We would just blow it all. We'd twice. save up and just blow it all. <laughs> not blow it all. But, but that's fun before kids. I feel it like was that's really what you're fun. supposed to do. Yeah, that's like, what. Just live. Like everyone's philosophy is different. Some people like before kids, you're like, we want to like save a ton for the kids and like be yeah, ready for it. I was like, I want to like do awesome things with you and like have a fun time and travel. And um, so like that's what we chose to do. And yeah, that we was went really to fun. Iceland, it Mexico was like every twice. year, every year we said like you get to choose a vacation a vac- destination yeah. wherever you want. And then I get to choose one. So each year we each got like a dream vacation we never thought we'd be able to do. That's so fun. You know, it was we weren't, really we didn't fun. like save a lot of money. That. So Take like me. when we had kids, we didn't have a lot of money in savings. But for me, it was like I wanted to like save those memories. Like that for me was more important than saving money. Money. So oh, it just 100%. depends on like what your values are, you yeah. know. Yeah, I do not care about any of those memories. I was cold the whole time in Iceland, and I was so annoyed. <laughs> My under eye bags were puffy the entire time from the long flight I and no food. And, and I wanted to stop every ten minutes to see the hundredth waterfall of the. And day. I was like, I like lived <laughs> right by the gorge, and these look like the That's same so waterfalls. Funny. I feel like we should us four should go on a vacay like that because you and I would go do like the bungee jumping, skydiving stuff. Yes. Me and Arturo came and then the you and Arturo would yeah just Meet do the something. Something else. Yeah, but you yeah. guys like That's tropical vacations, though. We have to find I somewhere would go back in the to middle. Iceland. Oh, that would be fun. I would love to go to Denmark and. So you guys Sweden, are going to come to Disney? Norway. That's what we're talking about, right? Well, we well, were Disney. talking about we going are going. Disney, actually. I know. So maybe we will join you. That'd be crazy. That would be really Sorry, funny. I can't go with little kids. It's me time. That's true. You <laughs> need a break. Why like, I haven't been kids? for five years. I'd be like, get out of the way, bear. <laughs> like, throwing into the side. <laughs> I'll probably like Disneyland more with kids to see how much they like yeah. it. Because yeah. I always say, like, Disneyland, Disneyland for me is like hell on earth. It's because of your first time experience. Whatever yeah. it was. That's what's seared into people's brains. Yeah. I already told her I'm going to help you guys plan it'll be the most seamless best time to go don't worry that's great i get stressed out i'm excited for um that. okay so my last question is so lisa diving into the podcast in the last couple of years i don't know if you ever had because it doesn't really sound like you're this like would be like this but have kind of an expectation for your wife to stay at home i know that's kind of what she was wanting and i know you guys started kids because you're like let's do it like mm-hmm. we're not doing anything we were else <laughs> type yeah. of thing and then now that she started the podcast and we're really investing i mean financially and talking to you more about being like hey we're taking this business seriously um what is that like for you to be like oh she's not going to just be a stay-at-home mom like not just in a bad way but mm. she's not only going to be a stay-at-home mom and she wants to pursue like a career in this yeah um for me i saw like how good it was for her because like being a full-time stay-at-home mom is really exhausting mm-hmm. and i think that i saw the value of like her being able to have a break from the boys mm-hmm. so for my mom being able to watch the boys one day a week week and her mom i saw like after she started being a part of the podcast how much more like energized and excited she was like throughout the whole week mm-hmm. whereas when you literally are just on boy duty 24 7 like it's just exhausting and draining yeah. so kind of in the same way that like after the kids uh, after we had Barrett first I was like dude like 
home life is so hard right now. I'm excited to go to work. It was like that became an outlet for her where she was getting to be creative and do something that she thought was fun and do something that she was passionate about. And so, um, like, yeah, I was, I was excited for her to be able to do that. And at the end of the day, I saw how it was so much better for her mental health and just like her stability, um, having a routine and a rhythm where she gets to have a couple breaks from the boys throughout the week and mm-hmm. do something that she really enjoys. Um, I thought was exciting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think I might've even like told her, like you should like think about going back to Waterstone, like working at the spa, doing esthetician stuff just to be able to have a break. But then this opportunity popped up, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. Like anytime a mom can have something <laughs> that she gets away from the boys, even if it's once a week, like totally, that's going to be like a blessing for mm-hmm. them for sure. You know, whether it's yeah. a work thing or whether it's not, you know, just but something. I saw the benefits for Lisa for sure. Yeah. I mean, I even noticed a difference because even after when we were doing, remember I was coming out on Mondays to your house mm-hmm. when you stole the boys there because they wouldn't make a lot of noise. And just seeing you being able to get them taken care of during the podcast, I noticed like a huge shift mm-hmm. in just your mentality and not being distracted and actually focusing on what you wanted to do mm-hmm. in those moments, which I think is super positive for moms yeah. and stuff. Be- yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, this is like, although it is like, kind of like work for her it's also just like me time like I get to do something for Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. I get to put my like energy and my time into something that I'm excited about you know and I think that that's just like so important (laughs) yeah your art my art yeah your nft well Mm. well Well, salt pepper nft release when's that dropping not a bad idea I know Mm. you should Um, let me design the first one Mm, probably not but maybe (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'll let you know. Okay, thanks. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back um, to you. So, okay, so advice for couples who are, let's say they're about to get married. They're in that serious part of their relationship. They're taking that next step. What advice would you give to them? Take a premarital test. That's all I was going to say. Literally do not get married apart from like some sort of premarital counseling with somebody that you trust and respect and look up to because you have to have people being able to speak into your relationship objectively um, because you're always going to have blind spots. Every relationship is going to have blind spots, you know? And Mm so it's going to be things that you didn't think were a big deal, but they're a much bigger deal than you think they are. Or um, you didn't even know that was really going on or you didn't know your spouse had something going on. And um, that's, that's the biggest thing that um, all of the marriages that Zav did before um, doing premarital counseling, all of them are divorced. Hmm. And I and I don't yeah, like think the first three weddings I performed, I didn't even know like about premarital counseling. And I was just it's just friends like, hey, do my wedding? I was like, okay, sweet. Not saying and that then, people aren't gonna be are gonna yeah, get not divorced that it, not that if they don't. Everyone's like, oh, that's so sure. not what I'm saying, but. Um, it just makes such a big difference because you just, you know how to um, go through conflict and what helps when conflict arises. It's like just being ready for war in a really weird way. Like Mm -hmm. you're prepared for the worst because either you already know about it or you're prepared on how to deal with it. And even a pastor to come back to whenever you need that time of help. And so even if this is just to anyone out there, if you are going to get married or you know someone to get married, and you don't even want Zav to officiate the wedding like we could do your premarital and you can take the test through us. It's completely free. You don't have to pay for anything, right? 
Yeah, no. Just making sure. <laughs> and I know you guys have listeners that aren't even here. Just like whatever, if you're connected to any church, we anything can Skype about getting it. married, just like reach out to like your local church and your pastors. Yeah, and like yeah. that's a part of, hopefully a part of like what they do. And it's yeah. so important because mm-hmm. like the proverb says there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors. And so to get like counsel on like, a lifelong commitment like rather than just being like we're just gonna do this you know right like to get counsel on it is like the best thing you could do like what i always tell people is like premarital counseling will save you postmarital counseling yeah like most of the couples that i deal with who are in like marriage counseling having a ton of issues it's like they just went into marriage and just like kind of shot from the hip and you know rushed into it without like getting advice and biblical counsel and like it always is going to be like so much better to get like to put in the hard work on the front end rather than on the back end Mm -hmm. and what i always tell people is like if you're gonna spend like hundreds of hours preparing for like the wedding which is like one day and then it's done yeah like invest that time in preparing for your whole life together which is what marriage Mm -hmm. is because marriage isn't just a wedding you know and like how much time people prepare for one day that like that's it but never preparing for like your life together, it's it's like doesn't make sense in my mind. So I would say like put the hard work in to preparing for marriage itself through some sort of like premarital counseling process. Yeah, because it opens up those those questions too that you might not even think about. Mm-hmm. Like who's going to be doing the cleaning? Who's going to be doing the cooking? Like that type of stuff you don't think. Uh-huh. And I it's wild like talking to couples where they didn't know so many things about each other. And what are your and expectations like, that's terrifying. for what your spouse is going to do? Do you yeah. expect your spouse to be doing all of the work, or yeah. are you also going to put in the housework are you more traditional or egalitarian Mm -hmm. those were huge things that we had to sort through but I think because we sorted through it before we got married it saved us a huge headache yeah yeah and even if you're not almost married because I know Arturo and I did love and respect earlier on I think we were dating for like three years so that's a long time but earlier in our relationship Mm. and that was like a good thing to be able to talk about that stuff even then so yeah I think those are good yeah totally like you don't have to wait to be engaged to start getting some people who are like speaking into your relationship and helping you you know yeah I've never really understood that like now that I have a ring on my finger now it's time to prepare and it's like what do you mean you you don't even need to be engaged to like Mm -hmm. prepare for getting married I don't feel like yeah no pre-marital counseling yes (laughs) yes for me it's like a decade pre-marital yeah you're gonna be an expert on this you're gonna be able, you're gonna be able to give uh, pre premarital counseling yeah. to all the dating couples out there I'll be like date for 10 years that's my advice <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it um, okay well this was great thank you so much for being here Zav thanks yeah, for opening great. up see Lisa what were you nervous for this was great yeah it could have been worse could have been worse could've that'll been be worse. the title of the episode I didn't rap and I didn't talk about politics thanks for listening tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.